I, I land at 5.05, I take an Uber and I'm heading to Salt Lake. It's now 5.28, I'm in Salt Lake. And I told him, just take me anywhere around the, the middle of the place, I don't know. And so I'm like, just let me out, it's 5.28. So he lets me out and I just start walking and it's pouring rain, it's pouring rain. And so, and there's nobody out. I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody's on the street because it's pouring rain. So I just go huddle under this tree. It's 5.30, 5.31. And then at 5.32, a car pulls up and a man gets out. And he's about 50 yards away underneath the big tree doing the same thing as me, waiting for the rain to stop. And there's, Richie, there's nobody. Either way, you look down to the left, there's nobody. To the right, there's nobody. And I'm like, he's the one. So I go up to him. I go up to him and I'm like, uh, I'm here for you. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I just, I just flew in. I just flew in and, uh, I just felt I needed to be here and I, I'm here for you. Uh, I don't know what to say. He's like, I don't know what to say either. And I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, and it was just awkward. We're just kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, well, my name's Mally Junior Bonner. And I'm just like, yes, we were just talking about you yesterday. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. Who are you? Grateful to be able to share this episode of The Cultural Hall with you uh, from one of my favorite people, Junior Bonner. He and I got together on a nice early morning and we decided that we would talk all about Green Flake. Now, maybe you've seen some ads on social media for Green Flake the movie, or maybe you know just a little bit about that part in our church's history, about who Green Flake even was. But I would be willing to bet that several of you are like, ah, Green Flake, is that a place? Is that a person? Who? What are we talking about here? And it is so vital that you listen to this episode of The Cultural Hall. I'm inspired by the faith of Junior Bonner. I'm inspired by the talent of uh, Junior Bonner and also uh, inspired by the go get ness of Junior Bonner. So I'm excited to share this episode with you. If you want to be able to make a donation uh, to the uh, monuments that you'll hear us speak of, you can find all of that information in the show notes. And if you're hearing and learning about other great projects within the church uh, that we should know about, please send us an email, contact at theculturalhall.com. We would love to talk with those people behind those projects, find out more about those people, whether they be books or movies or songs or monuments, whatever the thing is, uh, contact at theculturalhall.com. Here's this episode of The Cultural Hall. It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, and I'm excited to be able to share this episode. It is a guest returned. Uh, You might remember Junior Bonner from episode 312 of The Cultural Hall. Uh, So if you're wondering, like, why we don't talk really anything about him in particular, it's because we did all that. Go back and listen to episode 312, available wherever you get uh, The Cultural Hall. You can hear all about him. The fact that he is a Grammy Award winner. That's right, among many other things. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, we're talking about a longtime project coming into fruition, uh, a, an honor, a tribute, a gentleman uh, named Green Flake. Uh, Junior, welcome into the Cultural Hall. Thank you so much. And that introduction, I'm taking you on the road with me. <laughs> I'll be your hype man. Whatever it takes. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I remember when we spoke back a couple hundred episodes ago when you were into the cultural hall and you said, yeah, I'm kind of working on this thing. I'm, I'm learning about this this guy. I'm finding out more. You you became super passionate about it. I, I want to start this conversation out by finding out how you first learned about Green Flake, who Green Flake is, and, w- and why you're so passionate about sharing his story and stories like his. 
Yes. So the B1 celebration that my family performed at in uh, 2018. So, I mean, it was awesome event. And during that event, that was when I learned a little bit more about black history, early black history in the church. And it was things I didn't know. And I was like, things like, like what, like what? Just that, honestly, that there were priesthood holders before 1978. I didn't know that. I was never, I was never taught that. I mean, and to be frank, I was taught differently than that. I was taught differently than that, you know? And so uh, this was kind of contrary to what I was told. And, but, uh, and so as I was learning and hearing these names, Elijah Abel, and then uh, Jane Manning, James, and then Green Flake, um, I guess I was embarrassed that I didn't know. Cause I, cause hearing I'm black in the church and people ask me stuff, I don't know. I don't have the questions to answer them. And I felt like I should know, I, I need to know these things. So that, that's what catapulted me into just diving in to learn more was that be one celebration. And I just, um, Amy Theriot was who I reached out to. And she was so kind with her time. She's a historian and she focuses on early black culture in the, in the LDS church. And um, goodness, she, she gave me so many hours and so many resources, books, journals, and, and led me to also Paul Reeve who did the same. And, you know, uh, quickly, I found that it was Green Flake that resonated with my spirit to write about. What do you think it is in particular about Green Flake? And and further, I mean, you mentioned him and a group of other early saints, but but who is he and, and what is it that draws you to him in particular? Yes. So at the time when I decided it was going to be Green Flake, it wasn't things I read because you can, you can hardly find anything on him. Um, but Green Flake, uh, as, I, over time, after I decided it was him, I say decided, but really, I just, it, it was all a spiritual thing, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just felt so directed to him. I felt his presence, like, oh, my gosh, this, this man, who is this man? Anyway, so he's, as I learned more, uh, he was a 19-year-old enslaved pioneer. So this this teenager who was larger than life, literally, he was bigger than all the other men. And uh, he was sent by his slave masters, uh, James Madison Flake, their family, and uh, to go to Nauvoo to help uh, the 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 early Mormons get into Nauvoo and then make that trek west. And as a teen, he was sent and he was a teenager when he arrived. So uh, what was so interesting about him was while driving on that pioneer, while laying down the land in that vanguard group, the early, the advanced group to lay down the land so that the thousands could follow on that trek, Brigham Young became ill at winter quarters and sent the group on a handful of that Vanguard group on. And he was in that group and drove the first wagon into Utah territory. Which is pretty significant, but I want to pick up a piece that people may, they may have heard you and said, wait, uh, oh, and then just sort of moved along. An enslaved Latter-day Saint. I think that a lot of people will go, now wait, now wait, okay. Now we knew about the priesthood thing, but we weren't aware that there were individuals. First of all, I think that slaves, to some people, when they hear about slaves in the state of Utah, they go, didn't know. But then in fact, that he was enslaved and a Latter-day Saint and came to Utah is significant. That's, I mean, that's the biggest hurdle to get over. It does make someone pause. And I guess I've said it so many times, I forget that, yeah. LDS members were enslaving other LDS members. That's what's so crazy, you know, and uh, Green Flake uh, was one of those. And as they came over to Utah, if you can imagine whatever turmoil you thought 2020 was in your ward of the contentious, uh, you know, the different ways of looking at life, imagine going into Utah and you come from the North and then you're someone who comes from the South, sold everything except for your slave labor 
brought it to Utah. And now you have this ward full of enslavers and Quakers who are basically <laughs> in the same elders quorum. Yeah. And, and then shortly after, you know, Utah became commissioned for uh, slavery, uh, Utah Territory. And so it continued for it for a decade until 1862. So I want to try and put myself into your mind. You've just celebrated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints this massive celebration, this huge, you know, all the church gathered together. We clapped indoors, which we never do to your family and others. <laughs> I remember it, and I'm actually, uh, the feeling of it, I'm getting goosebumps as we're chatting, because I just remember it being so significant and so impactful. And that's for me, right? Uh, that's for me, white guy in the church, I, I can't imagine the impact seen world around as we as we're able to celebrate um, all members uh, of the church. But so you get this, you get this sort of itch and you're like, OK, I want to find out more. And then you get down the track a little bit more and you're like, OK, this green flake guy and the spirit's drawing to me. And 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 perhaps and, and I believe in this wholeheartedly spirit of him being drawn to you. Right. Like he's up there being like, yeah. "Hey, someone, someone's got to share my story." And Junior, you're the guy, and you're like, "Well, I don't know, maybe I should." Yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> and then the responsibility of, of sharing the story. Now you are a songwriter, a Grammy Award, if I'm not mistaken, uh, songwriter, and a song, a song would be easy. Let's like, let's do the quintessential Green Flake song. But but that wasn't it. That wasn't what you decided to do. You know what's funny is. I never decided to make a movie until it was like, until the script was written. And so to your point, yes, music, that's my background. I write music and Grammy award-winning, which is awesome. And I work with pop artists, getting them prepared for live shows and tours. You know, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, Camila Cabello, people you hear on the radio, right? Mm -hmm. And so as I was reading this history, I realized that I needed to find a way to um, release my emotions. So I began writing songs. So I wrote the soundtrack before I wrote the script. So as I was reading, I wrote, like, to your point, music. Mm -hmm. And then the songs turned into scenes. So like, it, it, you know, if you think of your favorite song, a lot of times it has great music to go with it. So I would see this whole scene. And so then I would write out the scene that the song went with. And then the scene would go into another piece of history. And it just, so by the end, I had a, well, well by the end, I, a month later, I had, you know, 200 pages of something. And I'm like, gosh. I think this is a movie. <laughs> I think this is, you know, and so that's literally how that happened because it was June was the B1 celebration. July I started doing the history work. I started writing in August and by September I had the script. Wow. You know, it's not supposed to go that quick, Junior. I, I, had, no, I had no idea. Thank goodness. I had no idea. No, but you know what though? Let me tell you this, Richie. You, man, I, I, you know, we were drawn to each other so early on in this. Like you were there when nobody else was there. You know, when it was just an idea and there was a connection, you know, and I, and I, I, I you know, as lighthearted as we were, we were like two high school kids just kind of like misbehaving in the back of a theater, you know, Sure. but, but it, I got to tell you, your support um, was so valuable to me when I felt blind and didn't know which direction to go. You were so supportive and, and you gave me advice and made me believe I could do it. And I don't think you that was your intent. I think you're just being you. So I just got to tell you that. So thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. I appreciate that. Um, and, and when he says we were like two teenagers in the back of a theater just mouthing off, that literally happened. We were in the back of a theater <laughs> mouthing off when we should have been paying attention to something else. But, you know, being able to hear the, the, the passion 
um, the excitement that you have uh, about something like this. I, I mean, it's contagious. And anyone who you know, has an opportunity to either follow you online, just be able to hear this interview, you're doing other interviews as well. I mean, they can hear real quick that it's not like, you know, it's not Junior Bonner, the, you know, the, the music guy who's, you know, venturing into movies, and we're going to see how that is. Uh, it, it very well could be that. It isn't that. And uh, and I think your sincerity comes across. Um, so, so I, it's it's interesting. I've had the opportunity to see the film uh, Green Flake, which uh, Junior sent me a link so that I could see it. I made the foolish mistake of watching it while I was on the treadmill. So right in my final mile, I'm crying my eyes out, stumbling feet across the you know the belt, and I'm just like, <laughs> he could have given me a warning. I probably should have seen this coming, but just so so beautifully done, knowing that the music uh, was done first. And I'm not. I don't want to spoil anything within it, but I do want to talk about it. Knowing that the music was done first is an interesting uh, revelation to me because I just was like, this music is so perfect and so beautiful, and and I mean, wow. from from being able to see uh, very and, and know. Uh, that various cast members within it are singing, and I'm just like, yeah, you know who's gonna? Oh, there's Alex Boyer. There he is, rocking <laughs> that. You know, oh, I know who's gonna be singing this one. And just to feel it so naturally. Sometimes the music can kind of counterbalance it, takes me out of it. Sometimes it just doesn't do anything for me. But feeling the music and then being able to see the things depicted was was pretty massive. Oh man, I'm so happy you felt that way. It was, it, you know, I. I I believed that the music was going to be and is going to be a, a big part of the film to where, you know, uh, even though we're dealing with period piece drama in history, um, when you think that you think, okay, that's for old folks or whatever, but mm. it's not. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that musically that there was a bridge for the younger generation to feel like this was relevant to them. Mm -hmm. So even though we're talking about something that happened 150 years ago, that as they listened and experienced it, that it felt like, melodies and music that they're familiar with and so it was definitely a, a venture into the unknown with bridging the gap of those two but it's I, I think it happened i i would agree what i love about this is that you you do the b1 b1 celebration you're right for a month the movie script is ready essentially by september you're four months out from when you started learning about all this and then you're like all right who's doing the movie are we doing the movie who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna direct this thing am i directing this thing who's gonna film this thing do you want to like walk me through the we've got the project written and now we're looking to move forward what's that like because that's not an easy part of this at all no okay let me tell you something that i i haven't told people actually um so when, when I was going to do this film, I had a friend who, who lived out in the Republic of Georgia, and he's a client that I work with, a singer. And he does very well for himself out there. And he was like, and I went out there, and he was like, please come to my country. You feel my thing. You, it's like, he sounds Russian, but they're not Russian. He'll kill you if he says he's Russian. He's not. But, you know, please, you come use my equipment, my men, my place. You shoot in my mountain. It'll be beautiful. And I'm like, okay, okay. So then I thought, okay, I can do this. Okay, so here's all the things. Okay, yeah, I can make a movie. So then I started calling people, Alex Boyer, whatever else. Hey, read the script, Casey Elliott, read the script, Dallin, read the script. And they, the responses were like, we love it. We're in, we're all in. And I'm like, great. And so I was like, well, we're going to be shooting the Republic of Georgia. We're going to be shooting in the Caucasus Mountains. It's going to be awesome, blah, blah, blah. Three weeks before we're about to start shooting. This is in November. We're going to be shooting in December. I'm about to book everybody's flights. 
And the guy's like, hey, oh, just want to call you, tell you. So there's some problem. Um, it's frozen. It's frozen. But, you know, <laughs> there might be some problem. But, you know, you can still come and this make sure they have really warm clothes. I'm like, oh, man. And I'm like, uh, I don't. He's like, you may want some protection tent. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so now I'm thinking, yikes, do I bring everybody up there? And who can I afford to to freeze to death and be okay with it. How can I, what, who can I live with, you know? And I'm like, oh, I can't do this. And so now we're in November, the, near the end of November and I, I canceled that trip. Hmm. So I still have all the cast booked and everything, but now I have no crew. I have no location. I, I, don't, I, don't, know. I, don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And I hit up a, a friend of mine, Jesse Renee, who's a, a producer out in Utah. And I was like, dude, I, I don't have a script. I mean, I mean, I don't have a crew. Um, but I need one. And then he was like, okay, I'm in. And funny enough, um, just a guy I met on the plane, a guy I met on the plane as I was talking to him about where I was going to be shooting in the Republic of Georgia. He was like, man, you should shoot it in Ogden. I got this <laughs> really great place. I'm like, I'm not going to Ogden. What? No, I'm going to the Republic of Georgia. Anyway, when that fell through, I called this guy and he took me to this place in Ogden. And it's this reserved land, preserved land. that's been there since 1847, right in the era I'm shooting in a place where Brigham Young walked across the hills of this park that most people don't even know about. And it had original cabins built and everything. So I walked the land and it had every scene. I saw the whole movie in this place. And so long story short, that's how it all fell together. And three weeks later, after talking to Jesse and getting the location, we were shooting. What do you think it is uh, about Greenflake or about this era in time or about your particular project that made everyone say, yeah, you bet, I'm on, I'm in, so instantly? Not everyone does that. Certainly there are other considerations. Sometimes people, you know, hold back a little bit. You've never really done something like this before. Is it the subject matter that made people come in? Is it your relationships and connections with people, some of both, or why? Um, you know what? It's, it's not my relationships with people. I didn't know people because I'm out in LA and I don't really come to Utah. And so I was getting numbers from people, emails from people, and I was just cold calling. And I honestly, there's something living in this movie. If you ask me as a movie watcher, I'm like, it's not perfect. But why is it, why do I feel what I feel? Like there's, there's I can point out flaws. This, this could have been done. But there's something in the film, and I think it was the same way in the script, um, that there's something that connects with the spirit. And maybe it's because it's these stories that have never been told before. And it, it feels like, oh, you know, and us, and I say us, because I don't know who's listening, but those who are searching for truth, whether you remember the church or not, um, those who like want truth, when you read it or feel it, there's a human connection to that. And so for these truths to be brought to the surface, there was a lot of people who wanted to be a part of telling it because it's told in a way that is loving and inclusive. It's a, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take a break real quick, Junior. When we come back, I want to pick up the film process, uh, where it gets us to where we are today. I've got some other things I want to bring up. I'm not telling you what they are, but I will tell everyone else that they're going to want to keep listening to the cultural hall. A busy full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to bestdjinutah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T, and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding 
or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party, whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? Been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes. Point is, uh, you know, you, you throw shekels my way, I'll come to wherever you're at. We could even combine it and make it an episode of the Cultural Hall. Mind blown. If you are in need of a DJ at all or someone in your family is getting married, would like to be able to talk to me, I would love to be able to talk to them. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Are you experiencing panic attacks, nausea, or diarrhea? Is your computer not turning on? Is it running super slow? Is your internet crawling? Or is it just randomly crashing? You could be suffering from ICS, Irritable Computer Syndrome. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you had your PC cleaned? Over time, Windows, updates, spyware, malware, and dangerous viruses will make your computer run like crap. You need to bring in your laptop or desktop PC, no matter what brand it is, and let me run a 100% free virus scan, malware, and spyware scan on your computer. Don't wait and risk losing everything. Now, why are we doing this for free? Because we want to impress you so much that if you or any of your friends or family need a computer, service, or phone repair, you come to PC Laptops first. Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, if you would like the Cultural Hall to continue into the future, we encourage you to become a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. There are three tiers of which you can join. There is the Celestial, the Terrestrial, and the Telestial tier. It supports us and allows us to do great interviews via Zoom, other softwares and chairs and programs and advertising and all the things that we enjoy so that the cultural hall can continue to get better and it's done with your support you can go to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall junior i was uh curious when i saw this the other day and i think that it's worth bringing up uh and uh and i'll just launch right into it i watched on your social media the other day about how you shared a story of a white gentleman who spoke to you and said junior why should I care about this? And I was I was struck, first of all, that someone would say that, and then second of all, by your sort of response. So can you kind of walk me through that and then and then yeah. share why this is so crucial that everyone knows about this? Yes, yes, yes. So I had a private screening um, with some important folks. And, um, you know, prior to seeing the film, there was just questions of, you know, so what, where, how the monument, how, how, what's your, how are you going to get the money? Well, how's the film going to play a part in that? And I was explaining, you know, when people, when people uh, get their ticket to see the film, that is the donation towards the monument. So, so we should, the same. so we should stop real quick. Cause we haven't mentioned the monument up to this point. Uh, you, let, let's go to the monument and then come back to my question. Yes. So uh, basically the way we're doing this film is every, all the profit, is going towards building a monument to honor the enslaved and free black pioneers um, because there there isn't one to do that. 
And so that, that I didn't decide that until after the film was finished and we we're winning all these awards. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what? The best film in this, best film in LA, London. I'm about to be rich. I was just thinking like, <laughs> this is great. And then I wanted to celebrate and take a picture with cast and crew by the monuments that are, in, you know, that, on, that are honoring these enslaved pioneers. I just assumed that it was there. And when I saw that there wasn't one, that's when I realized why I was making this film mm. is was for that, you know. And so um, it all it all made sense to me. It all became clear. And so I was like, in the meeting, I'm explaining this to them of uh, the importance of this monument uh, because the leadership that are in the same church that Green Flake was a part of, the leadership today speak so outwardly and forward thinking on being inclusive and that we are a worldwide church. And I said, and I don't want those words, words to fall short because there's no visual representation honoring all of us. And so, uh, you know, after explaining that, um, the question came to me, I hear your answer, but it sounds like that's a good reason for black people, but why do white people care or even want this monument? And it was quiet. And I just, I assumed someone was gonna be like, hey, John, come on now. You know, but it was quiet. So I was like, oh, this is a real question he wants an answer to. So I said, well, I appreciate the difficult question. And I said, I'm going to answer the first half of your question now. And we're not going to speak anymore. We're going to watch the film. Because I, because the questions that were coming in were, they didn't feel of the spirit. And I felt like we needed to see the film and then speak. And so I said, I'll answer half now, half later. Here's the first half. The first half is, you know, 30 years from now. And I wanted to say, when you're dead, <laughs> you know, but I <laughs> said 30 years from now, he's an old guy, 30 years from now, um, you know, the, the younger generation, my age, and, uh, younger than me, they're going to be the sick presidents, mission presidents, the brethren, and it's becoming slim pickings because as they learn about some of this history through Google and arguments with friends at school, they're leaving because there's nowhere to find the truth. Why in the world? If this is the true church, are they looking outside of our church to find truth about our own history? That should never be the case. And they're leaving. I said, it's not black folks. I said, people like me. I was like, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in California, three stakes into one. That was me. And then the, I moved and then it was two stakes into one. All the black folks stayed. Hmm. It's white people who are looking for more truth constantly, constantly seeking truth. That's like a part of their nature, as far as I'm concerned. And I said, so um, this is important to your people. Then we watch the film. The film ends. People are emotional and feel connected to it. And I said, and here's the other part to the other answer to your question of why this is important to white people. I said, Joseph of Egypt is not white. The Jews of Israel are not white. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel and the lion's den. I said, they're not even American but they all served part of their lives enslaved. And we wouldn't dream of taking their enslavement away from their story. We draw strength from that. It builds our faith in Christ, knowing their full story. And here we have a man, Green Flake, who was just like them, enslaved for a portion of his life. And he was right here. He drove his, rag, his wagon right through this building. And I think that people are gonna be able to connect to him the same way we do the people we read about in the scriptures. And then, he nodded his head, his head. I said, do you have any other racist questions? No, but I said, do you, do you have any other questions? And he said, no, no. And honestly, it, it, was, it was a great question. It was a, it was a good question. And he was doing 
his job of finding it to see if I had all the answers, to be honest. Well, and, and to that point, I think that there has to be a space where people who don't know can ask questions. Like even if, as you say, like there's an, a racist element maybe to that question. But if people are going to learn, we have to be able to create conversations where people can ask a question and maybe it, it, it genuinely is with the purest intent. I just need to know. I don't seem to care about this. Help me care about it. And then it can be a, a nurturing conversation and a dialogue between people of different you know, life views and being able to understand things to be able to have that conversation. Because I'm sure what you wouldn't want on the other side of it is if he hadn't asked, asked the question and just walked away not caring about it at all. Instead, it was an opportunity for, for everyone to kind of be enlightened by that point of view and question. I'm I'm so happy he asked the question, and honestly, I, I'm I shouldn't joke about race lightly, but he he is a beautiful man. We ended up having incredible conversations as it went on. We were the last ones in the room. Him and I, it was awesome. He gave me more resources than anybody in the room in the end. So, you know, as much as it's like, what did he say? How could he? You know, he asked a question that if he hadn't have asked it, I I didn't think of those reasons beforehand until he asked the question. And I'm, so I'm so grateful that he asked it. And, you know, uh, I, I wish I would have said at the time and, you know, that why do white people care? Because they always have. That's, that's a part of white people's history. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years fighting in wars and defending people they don't even look like. My people were emancipated because white people, hundreds of thousands of them gave up their lives for my great grandfather to be emancipated. That's the history of white people. The Holocaust, what a travesty. You have white people flying in from all over the world to fight against that hate. And so as much as we should remember and talk about the, the growth and the pain and the suffering that we endure as people and humanity, we also need to acknowledge the good because it's the good that got us to where we are today. And uh, I, I hadn't thought about that during the meeting. I wish I would have to remind him of who he was and who white people have always been. Um, but um, yeah, that's the other half of the of the answer. <laughs> and I love that too, because who hasn't been in that situation where you give an answer that you feel pretty good about and then your mind and your soul just lingers on it and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, you know what I should have said. And then, uh, you know, months down the road, you're like, oh, and I could have... Yeah, absolutely. I have some just uh, just pick up kind of technical questions, and I don't want to spoil too much about the film, um, but I am curious. Um, you mentioned early on in this conversation that there's not a lot that is known about Green Flake, and 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 one and hopefully this isn't a spoiler. One of the poignant things for me within the film is what sounds like an old audio recording of Green Flake. So. I guess my first question would be, is that in fact Green Flake? And then I have other questions if it is or if it isn't. No, and I wish it was. Yeah. No, and I wish it was. Like, uh, so, but what I, I what I, uh, a big part of my writing process was listening to these, they call them uh, slave recordings, but it was enslaved people who, uh, you know, they sent, uh, uh, I don't even know what the name of these interviewers were, but across the world to try to interview uh, people who were enslaved. Um, so I used what I thought that interview would be like to help set the stage for the time. And so, no, it's not his voice. I wish it was. Yeah, it's be it's beautifully done. And I was like, man, this is 
I why have I never heard this before? And you know, is this a, a, is this what's up in the granite vault? Do we have more stuff like this? Let's bring it out. Let's bring <laughs> yeah. it out and play it. Uh, I also uh, have want to let people know that although this is a very um, like heartfelt and serious film there are some great moments that i found to be very very funny uh within the film um super enjoyable as far as as a uh not only a story but as you talk about the music piece of it as well um the other thing that i i was curious about is the um those folks that interact with uh green flake i'm thinking of folks like bishop cooley and some of these other ones are those in fact real stories is this is this founded in things that you were able to dig up historically or this is a, well, I think that this might've been how some of this all went. Yes. So um, the proximity of the characters aren't all historically accurate knowing like, okay, so they were here in this cabin at this time, having this conversation that we don't know. Um, But Bishop Woolley, to your point, um, he was a Bishop for 27 years and he was, known to be an advocate for equality and and just doing the right thing. And this was not just with, with Black folks, it was with women, it was with the poor. He was just an advocate constantly. And uh, during that same time period that he was bishop, um, there was a, a Negro council, a Black council, and they would get together monthly to talk about the well-being of the enslaved and free pioneers, uh, Black pioneers in the area. And historically, um, there has always been white counterparts, the Underground Railroad. There's there's always been um, the assistance of our white brothers and sisters during those times, during those secret meetings. And so I would imagine if anyone's a part of this meeting to help push forward the equality of the enslaved and black people and during that time, it would be Bishop Woolley. And so we got to see the relationship that may have taken place. And we also get to see because of who he was, it starts in the home. That's how I see it. We see how it can trickle down for generations. And and we, we learn about his lineage and what it means to our culture and the church. And I, I think I said Cooley and it is Wooly, right? Yeah, yeah, Wooly, Wooly. Yeah, I, I but he's I, cool, but he's cool. Yeah, he's I, real I, cool. Was, I, yeah. <laughs> you say Cooley, I say Wooly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to keep resetting this because I, I just can't imagine... Uh, watching your response as you do this be one, then you learn of Green Flake, and then as part of that, you learn about the Negro Council that meets once a month, all of which we aren't talking about from the pulpit, in the Sunday school, in, you know, even books that the church puts out when we talk about historical. Like, to me, there would be, at least on some level, this question, not of like a faith crisis, but you know when we come to find out something about the church that maybe we didn't know, and we just get real, yeah. real frustrated, real bothered. Like, what? I, I, I could have handled this. I would have loved to know this. Why aren't we talking about this? Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? Well, it's actually not funny. It, it's more interesting is what I found is there's not these secrets that are being held from us. No, it's just stories that have over time dissipated. And then, you know, during the early, during the night, you know, 19, early 1900s to the mid 1900s, that's when a lot of history was kind of reshaped, you know, to, <laughs> to build up one culture, you know, and so that's the history that we've been learning. And so you have these quote unquote old folks who have no idea, hmm. old folks in positions where you think, why didn't you tell us? 
who have no idea about these things. You wouldn't believe how many people and that I've met that you would think would know that had no idea. And so this is something for all of us to learn from. So if this is not something that's like, why aren't you keeping, why are you? It's not that. This is bringing to light history that we just stopped talking about. During Green Flake's lifetime, he was brought to speak at um, Pioneer Day weekends where that was like, that was the celebration. You know, you had church leadership speaking and he was speaking alongside apostles. Green Flake, a formerly enslaved pioneer. But over time that changed and um, we're gonna change it back, you know? So it's just history that hasn't been talked about that people are ready to talk about. And I think that when you talk about race and you think about race, people are putting their toes in first. So what's, the, what's the temperature like, yeah. you know? It, you know it, it's, it's a scary thing. And so somehow um, this movie has found a way to bridge that and has made it so welcoming. And, it, and it's not me. It's honestly, it's the Lord. It's like, it is so beyond me. It, it, it's not like I am this, this writer, this creative mind, this director. No, the day before, bro, let me tell you this. The day before, the day before we're about to start filming. I, I, I guess I had been producing the whole time and I didn't realize it. That's gathering folks, I, you know, and there's the location. Here's something, get your contract. There's the hotel rooms, there's the equipment. Okay. And the day before we're about to start shooting, it hit me as I'm laying in bed midnight, I have to be up at six. I'm like, oh, I'm the director. It just, <laughs> it just dawned on me the day before. So here I am on YouTube, when to say action, when to say cut. Okay, <laughs> so that, that true story, you know, so, you know, so you have to believe that the Lord had his hand in this, that felt that this was important and necessary. And all the pieces of the puzzle came together because it is not my creative genius that did. When you watch it, know that the Lord is guiding the film and guiding what you feel in your spirit because I was learning on set as we went. I want to talk about the actor that plays Green Flake. Tell, tell, yes. Let's, let's talk about him. Who is it? Who is that guy? That, that's my little brother. That's my little big brother. Big I was going to say, there is, yeah. there, is, <laughs> there is not a single thing that is little about that guy. I, like, yeah. I was like, because I'd seen you know, the various sort of marketing pieces or whatever, and I'm like, that, that's a large gentleman. And then you sort of see it in the movie, and you're like, oh, no, no, I, that, is, that is a very large. And like, I don't know if I could chisel a, a gentleman more sculpted than that guy. And we get the opportunity to see that on a couple <laughs> yeah. of occasions. I'm like, I hope that at the end, like, I can also buy into his diet and exercise routine as part of this whole <laughs> yeah. thing, because I'm on board. Yeah, I mean, listen, he, he is, you know, he's a phenomenal human being, a Yahosh, Yahosh Bonner. And uh, he's an actor as well, but you know, it wasn't what he was going into. Uh, he did a a couple things here, a couple plays here and there. But as I was writing the script, the character Green Flake just reminded me so much of him. I beat my brother up every day, every day, every day, you know, and he is the most loving person, but he is the most fearless. He would come at me knowing he's going to get a licking every day. And as I'm writing Green Flake, knowing what he endured um, as an enslaved person from the South, so you can just imagine what his life was. Yahosh was a big part of me being able to understand his character of relentlessness, of love, and of enduring faith. Um, he, he happens to be all those things. And so uh, on top of that, 
I'm like, listen, I don't have a budget. And I need to, and I need to, I need to ask this actor to slide down the side of this mountain and, you know, go out on this ice that just froze the day before that, that scene with the ice. And you guys will see it. Hopefully you'll see it, it green, at greenflakemovie.com. They can get their ticket now at greenflakemovie.com. But there's a scene. And the day before, the day before we're about to start filming, he's supposed to, we're supposed to go across this lake, but the lake froze over. And so I'm like, man, Yahosh, it looks kind of frozen. <laughs> <laughs> would you I mean we'll, we'll give you a stick to hold on to but would you go out on the he was just game for anything so you, you're gonna see that scene and find out whether or not he's going to go in the lake or not but there was just things that made the film so much better because I could ask my little brother to do some crazy things you know it, it's cool just to know the family relation uh, of you and he being brothers but also like I think kind of on that on that deeper and and um maybe more spiritual kind of aspect of everything that, that, that spiritual brother, right? The, yeah. you know, being able to share this, the stories of, of brothers and sisters doing that. It, 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 I knew going into it that, that it was your brother who played that. And, and I just wondered, you know, if, if that's something that kind of as, as, a, as it's removed in your mind, the literal family relation, but the connection of you to green flake as brothers that way if i'm making any well, sort of sense no no you make complete sense and you know there's an extreme connection it was like it was a like a triangle of connection so i had my brother who's my brother then i have green flake who is my brother in christ and we share the same faith of, of this restored gospel and then we have my ancestry who's enslaved and so here we have our family there my sister playing biddy mason mm -hmm. you know and my brother playing green flake and holding back tears through this because it's so close to home for us. So close to home with our family, with our beliefs and, and with Green Flakes, uh, our cultural history. And so it was a, this whole thing was a spiritual experience. And I'll share something with you that I, I haven't shared this whole thing to anyone. Um, so just to give you a glimpse of how this is far beyond me is May, May 7th at 5.32 after doing a screening, I'm walking the streets of Salt Lake and I run into Elder Razband. And I'm like, oh, that's Elder Razband. And so I, I talk with him and talk with him about Green Flake and, and what I'm doing and whatever else. And he tells me what steps I should take moving forward because there's so many different levels and, and ways. You can't just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Can you do it? Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, <there's, laughs> it doesn't work quite that way. So then one week later, seven days later, I'm back out there. And at 5.32, again, I'm driving by in Salt Lake, going to my hotel. And I'm like, gosh, that looks like Elder Gong. And I pull over and Elder Gong is walking by me. And I'm like, can I walk with you? And he's like, sure. And I tell him who I am. And then he responds, well, we're very well aware. This is wonderful. Wow. This is beautiful what you're doing. We love it. We love it. And he gave me some advice and told me about some things that they're so it so now this was two weeks so that was that was last friday and so thursday is just a few days ago that well i'm not sure when this is going to be coming out but thursday the 20th i was like gosh i need to go to salt lake city i need to be there for this third week i just felt i needed to be there at 5 32 i need to be there and and i prayed about it and i felt like well there's someone i'm supposed to meet and but i was like ah. Lord, I got stuff I have to do here. I'll go Saturday. I said, can I, can I go Saturday? And my response to my prayer was, sure. I'm like, okay. And I was like, but that's fine, right? Everything, everything's going to be fine. 
And sure. I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll go Saturday. Friday comes, and this is now the 21st, and I'm doing work, doing lunch for my kids or whatever else. And this feeling never left that I'm supposed to be there. I, I need to be there. And so I call my wife and I'm like, babe, you, you got to be home because I need to go to Salt Lake. Uh, can you come home? She's like, I don't know why you asked me. You're going to do it anyway. I'm like, you're right. I'm like, you're, you're, you're right. Come home. <laughs> come home. I got to go to Salt Lake. And so she comes home. I rush to the airport. I barely make my plane because it was delayed. I would have missed it. The plane was delayed. I make the flight. I, I land at 5.05. I take an Uber and I'm heading to Salt Lake. It's now 5.28. I'm in Salt Lake. And I told him, just take me anywhere around the, the middle of the place. I don't know. And so I'm like, just let me out. It's 5.28. So he lets me out and I just start walking and it's pouring rain. It's pouring rain. And so, and there's nobody out. I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody's on the street because it's pouring rain. So I just go huddle under this tree. It's 5.30, 5.31. And then at 5.32, a car pulls up and a man gets out and he's about 50 yards away underneath the big tree doing the same thing as me, waiting for the rain to stop. And there's, Richie, there's nobody. Either way, you look down to the left, there's nobody. To the right, there's nobody. And I'm like, he's the one. So I go up to him, I go up to him and I'm like, uh, I'm here for you. And he's like, okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I, I just, I just flew in. Uh, I just flew in and uh, I just felt I needed to be here and I, I'm here for you. Uh, I don't know what to say. He's like, I don't know what to say either. And I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, and it was just awkward. And we're just kind of like, mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, well, my name's Mally Junior Bonner. And I'm, he's like, yes, we were just talking about you yesterday. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry, who are you? I'm the presiding bishop of the whole church. And the presiding bishopric, they're the ones who decide what building, they look over all the buildings, properties, monuments that the church looks over. And so we talked for about 20 minutes and it was an awesome conversation, a divine conversation that needed to happen to move things in the, to the next step. And um, Richie, this is so beyond me and so bigger than a film uh, and I'm just, Again, I'm coming back to you, Richie. You, in the beginning, what was an idea? You were so, so crucial in me feeling like I could do this. You have no idea. I want to thank you, man. I, I, uh, I don't know what to say. Only to say that um, I, I cherish being able to to have even the smallest part of the journey and being able to visit with you and 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 again, just being able to hear the passion and feel it. And I got chills again as you're telling that story and and. I, I I have to ask you about your wife, the sainted angel that is your wife, <laughs> because I just want, I, I like to regroup some pieces here of all this. Hey, babe, got to go to Salt Lake leaving. Need you to come home. So that so that's just OK. You know, maybe you got a niche. You need to come here feeling called, prompted by God to get here. But like, let's pick up some other pieces from this whole thing. You also made a film. It was a lot of time, a lot of dedication. Maybe there is some element on both of your guys uh, in both your guys's minds where you're like, yeah, paycheck's going to roll in on this. Maybe she thought that as well. She's like, yeah, he's put all this time in all this energy. But then it's all going to come back. It's all going to come back. And you're like, hey, babe, uh, I'm going to go ahead and donate that so we can have statue to the enslaved pioneers. And she's like, oh, OK. And, and, and you know, <laughs> and just continually supportive to you. I have to know, what is, what is that like knowing that you have that individual in your corner? It is everything. She, man, she is so supportive. And her support is the longest leash you can imagine. I have so much room 
to do what I do, which is just operate by the spirit. She allows that. So, you know, and she's very different than me. She is, she helps me realize like, no, there's 24 hours in a day, there's seven days in a week. There's like just structure, you know? Uh-huh. And so, but she is my partner, my counterpart and, and so incredibly supportive. And I, and I know that if she wasn't okay with it, if she said no, I wouldn't do it. And so I'm, that's why I'm so grateful for her. Yeah. I want to take another break. And when we come back, I want to make sure that everyone is clear as to how they can see the film. Any other things that uh, that come to mind? And then we'll ask you again those three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. We'll do that coming back in the third block. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, if you ever have a guest suggestion, someone that you're, you know, maybe you're seeing them on social media, you've met them, you know, underneath a tree in downtown Salt Lake City, and you think that might be a great story to share here in the Cultural Hall, we'd love to hear about it. Contact at theculturalhall.com is, in fact, the email address. Just send that along in a way that we might be able to get in touch with that person or if that person is you we'd love to hear from you as well contact at theculturalhall.com so the movie is called green flake how can people see it if we're listening to it and we don't live in the the zion corridor or you know utah or whatever whatever that is how can we be able to see it yes so we made it to where it is virtual um it's not in theaters it's only virtual and you go to greenflakemovie.com and that's where you can choose the night you want to see it. So it's going to be, it, it premieres on the 8th and that's the 43rd anniversary of the priesthood, priesthood band being lifted. And so 8th and 9th and then from then on, it's every weekend, Friday and Saturday. That's the 8th and 9th of June, 2021. And then every Friday and Saturday, you said after that? Yes, for eight weekends. So it's going to go all the way until July 20, July 24th. And so you can choose which date you want to uh, watch the movie. And so you you purchase uh, a link that's for your household and that money, just know that that's going towards building the monuments. So you really, you're, you watching the film as a donation. The reason why we did it this way is because we, for two reasons. One, when I did a screening in the theater, it was, it was awesome, but it's also emotional. And people had questions like, oh my goodness. So what about this? And, and I realized I cannot send people to the theater, drop this bomb of history information that they've never heard of and then send them home. Right. It just felt wrong. And so we made it to where anybody, anywhere can see the film and we're going to be hosting each each screening. So basically there's going to be different influencers and me that are going to be there before the film and after the film to host any questions that you have. If you want to jump on and you want to follow up with things, I'll be there to answer those questions so that we're all together making this a united healing experience as we learn this new history. And this- Greenflakemovie.com. So and there will be a link for that in the show notes for this episode, so people can check it out. I think that's uh, very giving of you to to host these things and have the opportunity to create that dialogue around it. You know, other times, other safe places that people can say, "Yeah, I got a question," and and be able to to know 
you know more about what they think about or giving you the insight into the minds of those that would watch the film that's that's tremendously powerful in a completely different way than the film is uh, itself being able to screen it within our homes and with our families I think it is also a great gift to be able to create that culture within our homes and have the conversation in a way um, where we can digest it right if we've got little kids that might be hard but it's important that they they see and hear these stories um, but taking them all out to the theater. I mean, some of us, we got 20 kids. Taking 20 kids to the theater, that'd be hard. We get a link. We're able to see it. <laughs> we're able to see it in our own home. Uh, it, it's tremendously giving. And I imagine also, too, because you can't control this, we could get together with other members of our ward or, or friend groups and be able to, to screen it that way and be able to to share that experience. Yeah, you definitely can. And so we just ask for those who are like, man, I want to do this for my youth group or for the whole uh, Relief Society, that each family that does donate or buy their own link, you know, so they can still be able to have it for their home to watch it. So that way, the donations are still coming in towards the monument. Um, But yes, we encourage people getting together. And we just want as many people as we can to know about this and to learn about this so that you're not hearing it as hearsay, that you're able to see the movie, get the history and have the discussion with us. So when we talk about the monument, I want nuts and bolts of that. Where is that going to be? How much money are you trying to raise? Who is going to be depicted in the monument? Yeah, so great questions. Um, I haven't really broken this down yet, uh, but here's the truth. Uh, it's going to be two monuments. And so I say monument, but there will be two. One at this is the place, uh, Heritage Park, because um, it has to be there. Yeah. You know, So for Green Flake to be a part of that Vanguard group and, and, and driving in that first wagon. And that would be the... That would be the first that they have there. And I'm meeting with, I met with them and they're excited to, to have it and receive that monument at the park. And then the other will be on Temple Square. And I say that will be because I, that's the only way I know how to talk. It will be. And so not because everything's signed, sealed and delivered, but I just know that as, as these stories reach where they need to reach and the awareness goes where it needs to go, that there's no better place for it to be where people are coming to see and learn about our church, that we can have a place that we acknowledge and honor all those who came before us. So both places and the money to be raised. It's a pretty penny. Yeah, <laughs> It's a pretty penny. So we're looking at around 850,000 for both monuments. Um, and so between the tickets and the donations, we believe that we can achieve that. So uh, hopefully uh, those who get tickets and if you feel so prompted and are able that you also can donate. And what you also can do is buy a ticket for you and um, an underserved family. So family, there's going to be families that can't afford it. Uh, so you can choose to buy buy a ticket for you and a ticket for an underserved family, and those will be distributed. Is, is there a way to just donate if we don't need to mess with uh, the the buying the the link and all that? Just a way we can just sheer donation if we want to do more than the movie ticket would cost. Absolutely, absolutely. You can on, on the website greenflakemovie.com. You can click. You can decide to. Uh, buy a ticket. Uh, you can decide to just donate and you can just look at the tabs and see what options you have. Um, and then th- there's also the benefit concert. And that, I know that's not something that we've talked about, uh, but we had a benefit concert where it was 20 different artists uh, in, in, in in Utah, you know, Dallin Bayless, the, the Bonner family, Alex Boyer, Casey Elliott, Ashley Hess, Michael McClain. It's like so many artists performed and we learn about the early black pioneers that's going to be on the website as well where you can watch that benefit concert to kind of get the gist and back and behind the scenes footage from the film 
You can also see it on the Green Flake Movie Facebook page. Will there be an opportunity for soundtracks, both of the benefit concert and or of the movie? Yes. So you uh, on the website, you can also uh, buy a package where you screen the film and also get the soundtrack um, or buy the film and get the DVD. So these are uh, pre-orders that you can all have access to on the website, uh, greenflakemovie.com. Uh, just a couple more questions. What's a DVD? I haven't seen a DVD in, uh, I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm teasing. Isn't that so sad? Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. No, it's just, it's so different when I think about the different things we've made through, and this is a side tangent, but I'm just like, people are like, yeah, and we'll send you the book. And I'm like, what am I going to do with the book? I can read it on my, I can read it on my phone. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> Just sort of a side funny. Uh, all right, Junior. Uh, we ask everyone who steps into the Cultural Hall three questions. I will ask those of you right now. The The first question is, Is do you have a calling? And if so, what is it? Oh, I do have a calling. I'm in. I'm the second counselor in the bishopric for the Cypress Ward of the Fontana Stake, California. Boom. If you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? I would be the second counselor in the bishopric for the Cypress Award of the Fantastic. I just, honestly, I just love my calling. I love that the bishopric is so focused on the youth right now because that's my zhuzh. I just, I absolutely love it. And so I, I never feel like I don't know what to do. There's always so much to do and I love it. The last question, uh, I know you've answered it before, but maybe it's different. Maybe you're in a different place. The question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? Oh, I guess that it's, I'm not going anywhere. Um, so I, I guess I like that it's not, you know, me going or staying is not negotiable for me. Um, uh, I, my faith is in Christ and uh, nothing can change um, that no matter what policy or um, history that I learn about, nothing can change that because um, it's Christ church. He came, he suffered, he died, he taught us. And I agree to be in and support him and, and be a disciple of him. And so um, I love that no matter what happens, I don't have to risk my, my attendance in church. Well, Junior, uh, if there's anything that we can do as this project continues to roll out, I hope that you'll reach out and we can have you back in. Uh, we may have to get that, uh, that large in stature, younger gentleman uh, that is your brother, who is Greenflake, to come in and give us that perspective of of what he felt like being able to embody literal uh, the um, th- those of the past and be able to speak about that. But in the meantime, uh, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. 